Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod into which we will challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And you know what? To make sure that we don't turn into stuffy, negative, wannabe, nastiness podcast, we are making this a drinking game, people. Oh, yeah. So anytime we say anything negative about this film, anything negative about this film, anything. and believe it or not, there might be some negative things to say about this film. <laughs> oh, but if we on. say any of those negative things, you're going to hear this sound. And that means that we have to take a drink. We drinking. So pour yourself a glass and get ready to paint the fence. That's right. People. We just this is our second record of the evening. We just did an episode on Shang-Chi. To be completely upfront, we did not mean to put the Karate Kid and Shang-Chi on the same night. We are not making any comparisons between the two. I accidentally watched the Karate Kid last week thinking it was supposed to be this week's episode. So we are doing it in part of our should have seen that by now segment because I haven't I love, seen it I, by now. Yeah, I love that we're doing a should have seen it by now in a movie you watched last week. That's right. Should have seen it last week. Yeah, before, anyway, should have seen it before yeah. last week. You should not have seen it last week. Should not have seen it. I should not have seen it last week. Um, we'll talk more about that segment and why I haven't seen it up until this point in a second. But again, really quick, we also want to remind everybody who, or maybe if you didn't hear our most recent episode, uh, we are recording this Labor Day weekend 2021, which I'm in New York. Dave Green right here just moved from one apartment in New York to another. John's in California. Here he's in Los Angeles. Dave and I had a hurricane hit, Hurricane Ida, which sort of messed up Dave's move. <laughs> His internet yeah. literally got installed today because it got canceled the first time it was supposed to be installed. So if anything happens to our audio today, we're so sorry. This is an abnormality, but we are happy to be doing the show. Dave, anything else you want to say about that? Uh, no, no, I, I have a little bit of an echo because I'm sitting in an empty room because there's no furniture here either because obviously the move got stuffed up. But uh, What are you sitting yeah. on? Uh, it's, it's a very colorful cushion. Yeah. Dave's on a meditation yeah. cushion here, like ready to yes. get grounded. And somebody, it was either that I, or the hemorrhoid I'm, I'm ring. Gonna, so, yeah. I'm going to call somebody. One of us is, who's touching their mic a lot? Somebody's making tons of extra noise. Who the fuck is I that? Feel like, I feel like Jeff's moving his legs. It's got to be I'm me. I'm fucking touching stuff, dude. This is, this is fixable. Don't, don't. <laughs> Don't don't scapegoat touching your fucking microphone to our to the hurricane. All right, <laughs> off to a good start here with our Karate Kid episode, John. Yeah. Before we get <laughs> into it, why don't you shout our people out? Shout outs. We have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozo. His handle on Instagram is cbarozo bar twenty nineteen. That is c b a r r o z o b a r two zero one nine. If you want to give him a follow, and we have an artist named Dasein, a composer, the one and only, who provides all of our music. If you love it, please head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist, and you can download all of this music for free. Okay, uh, like us, love us, share us. All the fucking things. We're at the Love of Cinema pod on all the platforms except for Twitter. We're just at the Love of Cinema there. Please come at us. Give us some suggestions. Talk to us about the episodes. We want to hear your thoughts. We might not agree with you. We might tell you to go fuck yourself with a nice buzz so you can drink with us. Or we're going to have you on the show so you can have some fun and see if you can live up to the challenge of not getting (laughs) wasted while we dissect infamously bad movies, which we love doing. You want to know the the one movie we've got the most responses to uh, on the YouTube version of of our show? Parasite. What? Oh, man. For yeah, some yeah, reason, everybody loves Parasite. 
Everybody hey, loves it's Parasite. It's a great fucking well, movie. I mean, we love Parasite. Engage with, so yeah, right? we yeah. love it. Dave yeah. just decided not to see it, even though everybody was telling him to. <laughs> so that's but why today, we did it. As I've been lighting conversations uh, for a year. Yeah, and that was a new movie. That was a new movie, Parasite. I think we were none of us had done that. No, we no, we did it. And they should have. No, we did yeah, it no, because Dave had oh, yeah, Dave had never seen yeah. it. Well, look yeah. at that serendipity because today we are doing another should have seen it by now. And I always like to give whoever the fuck is who has not seen it until now. We want to we want to kind of give you a little chance to to explain yourself, Jeff. Why yeah. have you? How how did you avoid? And why did you avoid What's seeing happened? such a an iconic movie for this long? Well, this is why we have this segment as opposed to like a rewatchable segment or whatever it is. Even though we're going to be talking about the movie, the should have seen this by now. What 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 is a recurring theme here? Is one of two things. Number one is it's like a, a movie that you know is good and so like it's always on the list but it's never the one for tonight because you hear too many good things about it and you know you need the setup or whatever to be good like a citizen kane like i know citizen kane's supposed to be good but i didn't seek it out because there haven't been a lot of nights where i'm like tonight's the night you know then there's the other side which is <laughs> the movies that either we sort of think we saw when we were younger or we had seen clips of and we had heard about so much that we had seen enough of it that whenever it was time for that movie, like whenever it was time to watch a movie, we didn't pick it because we were like, well, I already know what I already know what the credit gets about. And that's the category that I fell into. I, of course, have seen the tournament scene because I had basic cable when I was younger and I flipped it on and it was on, but I'd never seen the whole thing all the way through. And I think I just, I knew wax on wax off Daniel son. I knew all like the, the things that the famous things that I just didn't think there was a reason to sit down and actually like, watch the movie <laughs> that's mm. my explanation <laughs> yeah i just if people ask me if i'd seen it i just said episode. yes i just said yeah i've seen it it's great <laughs> the tournament at the end is amazing well let's fucking set it up man this is uh this is the karate kid 1984 director john, you know john. if you want to pause this really quickly and what? go back to last week's episode on Sweet Girl. You can hear Jeff have an enormous <laughs> amount of excitement in his voice where he thinks he's setting up the movie we're going to talk about. Yeah. He's wrong. It's not Karate right. Kid, but the vigor in your voice for that setup. Oh, my God. I, I can't stop thinking about it. All you right. were so pumped. So so try to recreate it. I was so happy. To, I was so happy to do this movie. And then last week you were like, guys, we watched Sweet Girl. And I was like, fuck. I, I was just coming off a of vacation, people. It happens. Okay. Director John G. Avildsen who directed Rocky. This is an Academy Award. Not only is he an Academy Award winning director, he beat at the Oscars Martin Scorsese for Taxi Driver and fucking Network, Sidney Lumet. He beat these people for Oscars for Rocky and the director of Karate Kid. This is after. This is him doing his victory lap. He had already done another... uh, Anyway, he he ended up doing Rocky V and his career was over. But John G. Avildsen. (laughs) Fuck. We also did save the time. Are you buzzing anyway. Rocky Five or are you buzzing? Are you buzzing? Kind of him for that. If he let that happen. Um, okay, that's on you, Dave. It was written by Robert Mark Kamen, who wrote Taps and the Split Image before this. Taps, yes, the Tom Cruise movie. And then yeah. he ended up eventually doing other movies, including the other Karate Kid movies, and saying, "I need a change." So with Luc Besson coming off Lay on the Professional, he decided to write The Fifth Element and Taken. Oh, yeah. So yeah. this this writer is, is we're talking about awesome people. And the score yeah. of this movie is by Bill Conti, who, who wrote the score to Rocky. 
And he actually won an Oscar for The Right Stuff, which is a space astronaut movie. So we have Oscar winners, we have prestige, we have clout in this low-budget 1984 movie about Daniel-san. Daniel, with a, Ralph Macchio. unknown actor. You know him. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Daniel-san. And he moves from Newark to Ventura, California, just north of Los Angeles, where John is right now, a little bit north of the valley. Ventura, California, because his mom has a job, which eventually is going to be in computers or something. But I think she's a pizza delivery driver at first. Um, so weird to move across the country I, no, for no, that. No. But there's, there's actually, I'll, we'll talk about that. There's actually a deleted scene that clears that up. Okay, good. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I actually, I knew that. I, I Yeah, I've been hearing the whispers about this movie. Okay, so anyway, they moved to Ventura, California. Oh, so and he's getting bullied by a bunch of dickheads. And then um, he really, yeah. So then he... Just, just so happens that I guess the superintendent slash handyman slash just guy that works at the apartment complex that he's living in Ventura is Pat Morita, who you all know. And he happens to be a karate master, decides to help train Daniel for a huge tournament where he's going to eventually face off with the main bully, Johnny, who is currently the lead in Cobra Kai on youtube tv we know the story that's it goes from newark to ventura california pat morita was nominated for an oscar for acting in this which yes, is he really was. fucking funny it's awesome that he was but it's also really fucking funny that he was and <laughs> you know the crane kick at the end we know all the images a lot let's, of people say go. this is a lot of people say this is the rocky for like of kids movies for because it's obviously the the target demo is younger people also, you don't need the subtitles for this one. You do not need this. <laughs> okay. So a lot of people say this is the Rocky of kids' movies. Low-budget sports movie makes sense. I think this was the mean streets of kids' movies. That's what I think. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Oh. We'll, we'll, Turn we'll that gush this. alarm on, dude. We'll unpack this. <laughs> we'll the unpack mean this streets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, I'm happy to say that. We'll get the gush. We'll get the gush alarm. We found out that Jeff hadn't watched this just in time to stop him from watching Cobra Kai. Okay. And since, he's and since we all know who Ralph Macchio is, because he's the guy who could never get work after the Karate Kid, except for My Cousin Vinny, which is one of my favorite movies. That um, is a really good movie. I want you guys to do me a favor here. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to picture a 23-year-old John Hamm. John Hamm, brooding masculinity, right? He's probably got a huge you know, personality. I don't know, there's a lot of rumors. John Hamm at 23. Guys, Ralph Macchio was 23 when this movie came out. Why Why would you make wow. me close my eyes and picture that? <laughs> Ralph Macchio was 22 when he filmed this movie. It's all yes. I see when I close my eyes anytime. So. <laughs> he was 22 when this movie was filmed, and he looks no older than 14. Um, yeah. He's so, so skinny. Also, Elizabeth Shue is going to be the, the love interest here in those classic 80s, we, we, we don't know how to write girls. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that elizabeth shoe is the only person who had a career after this movie so that's pretty great although you know i'm sure everybody else got their money and did their things pat, but both both pat and ralph had karate kid 2 karate kid 3 yeah and, and pat, karate kid pat was in the next karate kid i don't know if ralph macchio was no he uh, wasn't uh that was hillary swank that was yes correct um Fuck man, this movie. I don't even know where to start. Where do you, what do you guys do? You want to do initial takeaways? Did you do you all rewatch this? Right, because this is on Netflix. I, right I now. did. I did rewatch it. Yes. When did Dave? When but did you I've, watch I've this in your like movie? You didn't have times. internet. No, I after I got my internet connected this afternoon, I watched it. 
It was just today. Oh shit, this is fresh. Yeah. John, when did you Absolutely watch this? Fresh. I, I did not rewatch it. I was busy as fuck. But I too was an asshole who had not seen this until like at what? some point two years ago. So I feel like it's I feel like it's still fresh enough in my mind. I uh I do you want me to go first? Yeah, go, go, sure. go, go. All right. So same deal. I was basically in the same shoes as you. You know, I'd heard a lot of people talking about it. My brother, I think, had recently kind of gone through and done a, a catch up of a lot of pop culture that he just didn't take in when we were growing up, like things like That's this. It's always you know? fun. And he said, Oh, so you know, it was good, man. You really should watch that. I was like, all right, all right, let me see what all the fuss is about. And it was good. It lives up to it. I think I think what I, I think I kind of missed this take on storytelling that doesn't seem to happen as much nowadays where you know I, I don't think low budget is just is the only way to describe it but it's a very very simple grounded story it's very small yeah. there's not a lot of sets there's no it's gimmick. mostly acting yeah there's a few create montages in that scene yeah. at the end but it's not an action movie it's not a martial arts film in the sense of <laughs> you know big fight scenes <laughs> It's no, it's not at all, right? It's just—it's a coming-of-age story, which I'm a yeah, sucker a, for. I don't know how many coming-of-age story for your feet. For your feet. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. This is what I'll say about Karate Kid. It's hard to imagine a life. It's hard to imagine my life growing up in America without this movie being such an integral piece of the zeitgeist. Like, like you said, like I had not seen it, and I still knew it. I still yeah. knew the, the the quotes wax on wax off. I was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. They they do you know they quote this movie yeah. and mock this movie all the time. The crane pose on the beach, like there are so many things. You do really feel like this movie already lives in us without even having seen it. But having seen it, I do think it lives up to it. It doesn't try to be anything more than what it is. It is a very simple story, coming of age, teaching this kid how to find himself through martial arts. That's all it is, and it's fun. It's cathartic. It pumps you up. Unlike Rocky, he fucking wins in the end. So, so you get to actually have some some fun catharsis. And who doesn't like it when bullies get to go fuck themselves because somebody yeah. rises above them? And, These bullies know, were the droogs from fucking Clockwork Orange, man. These bullies real, like dude, were so shameless. Yeah, they, were, this, they were pretty up there. If this movie took place now, they'd just be arrested. <laughs> His kids would just be fucking... They push him arrested. off a bike down a hill. I mean, that's assault. Like, <laughs> that is... Yeah, I mean, the, the kids who think they're getting bullied... Yeah, exactly. The kids who think they're getting bullied today, fucking nerf. Look, mental get, health get is real. Fuck, mental fuck health is real, and cyberbullying yeah, is, is dude, totally fucked dude, up the, right now. The this 80s, kid you're like, got you're like thrown a down a hill on a bike. No, the 80s, you give a shove, you run on the bottom, you tell, you see you falling off that fucking hill? <laughs> yeah, this movie, Honestly, yeah, dude. John, yeah. You're 100% right. This, there's a huge karate boom in this country after this movie, especially for oh, kids yeah. that weren't good at other sports uh, and probably all the way around the world. We all know what a sensei is because of this movie. But at the same time, there's also strike first, strike hard, no mercy is the quote of the Cobra Kai Institute. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people took that away. A lot of people took that one away. A lot of people <laughs> yeah. took away um, mercy is for the weak. Which I'm I'm pretty sure became the Nike slogan, pain is weakness leaving the body, which I'm pretty sure is not what you're supposed to do. Also, if you maybe just tore your ACL or broke your ankle, don't go back into fucking <laughs> fight. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this this led into no, um Dude, dude, what, no, that's fine. When you're from blues. New Jersey, the fight is never over. <laughs> the fight is never over. Also, did Pat Morita give Danielson peyote when he was injured? Because that T really did the fucking trick. Honestly, dude. Yeah, I was like, what is 
Is that what happened? All of a sudden, like, he gives him some tea, and then the, the next day he comes up and he's like, "Hey, how you doing, Mr. Miyagi?" Um, this, there's so many, so many fun things. Dave, what was your, what was your takeaway from the rewatch today? Oh, my takeaway from the rewatch, the, I, I mean, I, I still get chills in at least one scene in this, and it's, what was it? Today? It's always fun to watch. Uh, no, no, it's my, it's my favorite scene in the film. It's when they've gone through the whole uh, kung fu procedure where he's had him do like all the fucking chores around his house and he finally loses his shit and cracks it at him. And he's like, fuck you. I'm not doing it anymore. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, just watch this. And straight, it suddenly becomes apparent that the whole thing was him teaching him the karate moves that he needed to know. And like the, the discipline behind it. And you already get a sense that this guy's like disciplined and will just stick with it no matter what, but until he's like pushed right to the edge, but like that, there's a, it's a, really good scene for me dave did you know that if you want to be a good self-defense martial arts fighter all you need to do is really do a contracting job over the summer you just have to make sure that it's with the right company (laughs) yes you do (laughs) but at the same time you know what i'm with you because the reason that this movie is so so good even though there are if you really wanted to shit on the martial arts you can go ahead if you really want to shit on the fact that daniel didn't really train on tournament fighting and wins a tournament Go ahead. If you want to go ahead and say that the crane kick is defensible, although there is justification for that. They, they actually We're justify come to that, that pretty well. We'll, We're come come to that. we'll come to that. And they We're have not. That. But-, but having said that, it's so shameless. And what, what's the most shameless about this is not that they're yada yadaing the film things to do some fun 80s shit. And what's shameless about this is not just fuck the bullies. The bullies deserve mm. this. No. What's shameless about this is exactly what you're saying, which is there is that deeper meaning, which if you're a kid and you're watching this movie, you don't and have to like let that affect you the same. Dave, not everybody every, has to be teary also, like you when you watch that scene. Yeah, But the but fact that every, it's just like this is you, you, you are learning it all. You just have to harness yeah. it. It's in there. But it's every cool. character as well is a very well-crafted, defined character. Like her mother, his mother from the beginning, she has this like indomitable spirit. She's peppy. She's up. She's like, we're going to California. It's going to fix everything. Yeah. And she's so like positive and he's so negative and down. And well, he's like, he, he doesn't want to be negative and down though. I, I think he, that no, they do a good I mean, job he with that want, journey. He, yeah. He doesn't want to go there like in the first place, but also like he has reasons yeah. for hating the place. But then you've got like, Pat Morita, who just edges his way into the film and then suddenly creates one of the most fucking iconic characters of the 80s. I mean, and this is one of those times where the Oscars gets it right because yeah. was the was the performance oh, yeah. was it was it Duval? I don't know, but it's so it's so one of a kind and so timeless and seamless. Well, I mean, like, he was he was only nominated; he didn't win. Well, only as one, but anyway, um, so it didn't get it right. Oh my god, that mom! It's also though, it's, really yeah. special. It's also really special because um, I was just talking about like uh, platonic love stories. Yeah, that's uh, what this is today sure. and mm. yesterday, and I think uh, I think the best coming of age stories, uh, platonic love stories, are not limited to this. But even in coming of age stories, I think what you, you, sometimes you think of them from a distance as somebody, a young person finding themselves. But I think what good coming of age stories prove is that you only find yourself in context, in relativity with other people. It's through your relationships. So it's not just that he's the sensei, like the title of the mentory kind of character. They needed each other, just like in, in the very best way that so many good platonic love stories do. So I feel like that's why it's also so refreshing. It's not just that Danielson figures out that he has this inner strength and he needed someone to unlock it. It's that he, he was totally alone until he had, uh, you know, Pat. 
come into yeah, his life. Miyagi, and yeah. I don't know. I guess you can make the argument that Pap was too. But so I think that's why it's oh, emotional. Absolutely You're not like just his, rooting for Daniel's His journey is awesome. He goes from like basically being a janitor to having a kick-ass yard. <laughs> There's so many cars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. Although it's, the only the only character that Ralph Macchio doesn't seem to need anymore is that friend at the beginning. He was basically like, "Thanks for showing me Elizabeth Shue." Mm. Which, by the way, well, why is Elizabeth Shue dating this? Guy? Why is he like she liking this kid? He looks twelve. He can't juggle his soccer ball. And why is he so bad at juggling? He's, the he's from ball? the wrong side of the tracks, dude. It's it's an oh it's God. a story as old as time. It's from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, of course they're yeah. in the country club. That country club is a scene yeah, where, where it's a class thing. Where Daniel he he's in the the kitchen for some reason, and then he bumps into somebody, and they spill like the shit all over him, and yep. the entire country club, full grown men and women, are just laughing hysterically. At Daniel's, and it's like it's like yeah, the that, Stand by Me like dream sequence. I've had, I've had nightmares like that. Yeah, it's 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 not good. Everybody's had nightmares like that. Oh my gosh! And we also have a shout out. Shout out to uh, a good cameo performance of the grandma from Billy Matt from um, Happy Gilmore. The grandma from Happy oh, Gilmore yeah, is the neighbor yeah. and says, "This is when I said the Mean Streets. What I mean by it is this: they're they're off script. I, I swear, it, or either either that or this writing is brilliant because there are sometimes where Ralph Macchio is doing like full on like De Niro off camera kind of things where the the grandma he they're, they're talking about the oh I got an uncle." I got a, oh my god what's his name of course it's an Italian name I got an Uncle Louis from yeah. Parsippany I got Uncle Louis from Parsippany it's like you got Uncle Louis yeah I got Uncle Louis it's like yeah I never heard of him and it's like oh I never yeah. heard of him. and then there's they're another that, one they're not that far off script actually because like the subtitles uh, back in that day were taken straight from the screenplay and transcribed and there are differences if you leave mm. the subtitles on um, but yeah the, the, there's not a lot like they embellish a lot of the lines but they don't there's not a lot of improv there. I'm just glad they gave Machio some rope because I'm from Jersey and and, and I grew up in New Jersey and and this is that—that that is exactly how people talk. I didn't realize that Brooklyn and Bronx had different accents because I, I heard this and I was like, "This is everybody wanted to have an Italian accent growing up for me." My, I'm sure my friends would would roll their eyes if they heard that, but I feel like there were so many people I grew up with that had accents like this, and I was like, "Wait, we're from the same place? Why?" And there's just this weird Italian influence in that Norks, like North Central Jersey area. But when he sits there and he asks, he stands there in the hallway and he asks Elizabeth Shue, I want to say he's like. Are you still with Johnny? He's like, she's like, no, we broke up weeks ago. And he goes, weeks? She's like, yeah. And he goes, weeks? One week? Five weeks? How many weeks is weeks? Yeah. And the way he says it's important. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's like, how many weeks is weeks? And the way he says it, like, kind of offhand, it's like so many of these kinds of movies have those scripts that are just like churned out of a fucking oven where everything is so meticulous. And, and it's like sometimes you just got to let people talk like that. And then it's so realistic. Oh, I'm gushing. I'm gushing. But seriously. <laughs> oh God, keep going. Seriously. Don't you yeah. feel like. Don't no, you're you right. Feel you're the way wrong. Ralph Macchio is talking in this movie is so relatable. Yes. And yet don't so unique and specific a, at the same time. It's brilliant. Everyone in this movie is so relatable. Yeah. But don't you feel that I know there are examples that don't follow this this thread, but people who grew up uh influenced by the way movies were directed and actors learned how to act from the 70s and into the 80s for sure that everything came out of character. Everything was influenced by Yeah. A, a heightened realism or a or a, a what whatever would be the inverse of that something that kind of goes below the surface of realism it's still it's not totally naturalistic but it's kind of grittier than that i think everyone was so influenced by that 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 was what was considered good that even in a you know coming of age story featuring a a 22 year old who was supposed to be you know believably as a teenager so a teenager even they were still realizing like this isn't going to really work for what we consider to be good nowadays if we don't ground it 
because I think there's a very similar tone in Rocky, right? I think yeah, that uh, John definitely. G. Avildsen was was going for that. Uh, I miss that. I'm just going to go out and say that. I think Stand By Me feels that way. I think a lot of those good movies from the 80s, it doesn't matter if you're dealing with children mm. or if you're dealing with De Niro level, you know, caliber of actors. Everything is so character driven that they allowed movies to be directed differently. It, it created a different style of direction and the way you put stuff together. Now everything, those lines, Jeff, those, I, I'm not disagreeing that the script is great. But I still think that in a different time and place, maybe today, they would have sounded a little bit more like movie writing just because they weren't trying to create that 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 tone. Every, nothing feels like that anymore. Even our really gritty television shows have this kind of polished element to them. And I don't know, I'm not saying it's always bad or it's always good. It's just different. It just doesn't feel the same way. And I think that's one reason why movies like this seem to pop in contradiction to like the stuff we're seeing nowadays. Yeah. I would, Stranger I would take a minute. I'm gonna, oh, Hold okay. On. Yeah. Stranger Things. Things season one. I love Stranger season Things. One. I love season. I, I did too, and I They're really great, enjoyed it. And all, one the, especially. all the nostalgia was there, and those kids were were really excellent actors. But I think there was a. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying it's better or worse. But I think if they had made Stranger Things, I, I hear what I'm saying. If they had made it in the '80s, which I know is when it was set, so it wouldn't have had the nostalgia. But just for the point of my of my comparison, they, they did. It was called Monster Squad. Well, they had and Goonies and things like that, right? There would have been a little bit more breadth around the characters, around the cutting, around the performances. It wouldn't have felt, I don't know. I think it's just the pacing thing. We just want everything so tight and so polished now that sometimes people don't sound like, oh, that's exactly how they talk because they're in the TV show and we got to fucking move forward. We got to get it done. I don't know. Sometimes I do feel that way. And this is, I think this is a good example of why that stuff was so successful and will probably be timeless. I mean, it well, just feels more realistic. I mean, when they do that, that's the difference between your popcorn flick and the thing that you take away. Remember, like that's why this is an icon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, like, the, I think and, so. And, uh, I like think so. because they do still do it in certain like elements of entertainment, but it, it is rare. But when yeah. it's when it's done and it's done well, that thing is fucking iconic. Like you remember it. They yeah, do the tropes really well too, because because clearly Elizabeth Shue's two friends are are just like a stereotypical like two girl's best friends that don't have much to say i think they said at one point like what does she see in him which is one of those where the studio just has to Mm. they're like please have a line in there like what she sees in him like please and so like one of the friends goes (laughs) seriously this is this is one of the least realistic relationships of all time but you're rooting for him so hard you're like anything is possible (laughs) you could be president someday come on let's go dude um the girls like are like, what does she see in him? And the other one's like, I don't know. She must be attracted to fungus. And it's like, there's no way girls talk like that. But they just nailed this time and place. Same thing with the with the droogs. There's the soccer practice where they realize that is, Daniel is, is someone tr- who was in high school in the eighties. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. Fair enough, Dave. Fine. <laughs> yeah, you win. You, you win think, yeah. But the, the droogs, right? The the Johnny is the the villain who's mm-hmm. still the villain in Cobra yeah. Kai. Johnny and, and his his friends are like people, his friends are having huddles about how to like trip Daniel San. They're like they're like sending each other signals across the field and stuff. And it's like okay, what the fuck is going on with these like, guys? Yeah, I think John Hughes still getting really... people trying to fight him on the street. Yeah. John Hughes had a field day. John Hughes, John Hughes had watched this movie and he went, I know exactly how to do my next villains. Yeah, that. no, I'm like, saying, I think, honestly, I think John Hughes like exploited the fact that people did actually talk like that back then. The Breakfast, <laughs> the breakfast Club, here, how about this? The Breakfast Club f- fills out because Emilio Estevez is this jock. 
he is the jock of these droogs in this movie. Now, of course, in this movie, it's really weird that the coolest kids are just like the karate kids. Like at no point in, in ever was it like the cool kids in high school were the ones who like they took also karate. had motorbikes. Oh, they, they also had motorbikes. Had motorbikes. Yeah. And all of their dialogue had to do with biking. They're like, why don't you take a right and get out of here? And it's like, okay, yeah, you like you like motorcycles. Yeah. But um, John Hughes is like, Amelia yeah, Westmus, he's like, these people the have cool souls, they're not weirdos. Area. Yeah. Anyway, this fucking movie. Oh I know, my it's gosh. so much fun, dude. I feel like all these movies kind of exist in that same universe. And, and I guess I kind of missed that. That was The 80s was like, that was the decade of the coming of age teenage movies, wasn't it? It was oh, it. Yeah. I, mean, John I kept Hughes, thinking they were going like to make John a wrong Hughes turn are... at some point in this movie. And they were going to run into the Lost Boys. And then they were going to run into the Cooties. <laughs> and they were going to, like, everybody lived in, like, the same area. Like, I don't know. It just all felt like such yeah. a similar thing. I don't know. I, I, would, I would, like, take a minute just to talk about Pat Morita as Miyagi. Yeah, like, do it. Of all the dramatic actors they tried, because they tried a lot of, they tested a lot of actors. He's American, him. by the way, really? Pat Morita, for yes. everybody that doesn't know. He's he's a fully American, so this whole yes. character was... And uh, I'm so glad they settled on him, because there's just a genuine humor in the like the bad jokes he makes, because he is a, he was a comedian as well. And like, but there's also a great pride and dignity in the master that's in there. So he, man- he manages to pull off both, like when, when he's... When he's powerful, he's powerful. Like he's facing down a guy who stands literally a foot higher than him, and he's just sitting there, straight up eye contact. And but he's also making these horrendous, like fucking dad jokes yeah. at Daniel as well, and like tipping him off boats and doing all this fun stuff. It was. I feel like it was the perfect choice to the character, and I don't think anyone else could have played that. I'm with yeah, you. He's there's, a long, there's a long list. Shit, of what does he say when he shakes him off the boat? He's laughing hysterically and he says something as he shakes Daniel off the boat. It's right after he says, like, who needs to focus on punching? Balances everything. And then he's he like, says on the something boat. about you wet behind the ears. Yes. <laughs> and then he yeah. shakes the boat and starts <laughs> laughing so hard. Yeah, it is good. He has that essential. I think it's essential anyway for this kind of character, like that blend of like power. And uh, endearing quality so that, like, you can go on board with Danielson when he realizes at some point you got to stop. If you want to do anything seriously and you want to take yourself seriously, you got to stop kind of making jokes. And I don't know. I think Mm. he I think he captures that so well because it is kind of lame in a sense. Right. There is like kind of a lameness to and it's fun watching Danielson realize that, like, I have to I have to be able to take this seriously if I'm going to get what he's actually teaching me. And mm. I don't know. You know, it's so not that, late, though. That is, yeah, is you know, his journey. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi giving him a car for his birthday. That's a pretty goddamn good birthday present. He just wow. gives him a car. Well, yeah. I mean, it, do you think that car was hot? Like, he has no one else. He totally so, just, like, I don't know where he just ripped it off. <laughs> I guess he, <laughs> he just goes out and beats up people in carjacks and so, Grand Theft Auto style. Mr. Miyagi is a lot better at turning cars over than he is at, I don't know, fixing the pool or just doing odd jobs around the apartment. He doesn't seem like the most effective super. He's, he's bad at his job, but first, really good at a lot of other janitor, things. He's the janitor for the first 10 minutes of this film. And then he just never goes back or fixes anything after that. He's like, he's always Why in is, at the other house. It's like, did you just quit your job? Like, There's so happened? many things he's good at. He, he fixes a bike overnight. Guys, he refurbishes, yeah, guys, he refurbishes cars, but he, he's a terrible handyman. Think, Why is he I working as a handyman? A, I think... I think this is opening a door to a conversation that has to be had. We talked about Shang-Chi earlier uh, in this week. And in that movie, him and Aquafina are fucking valet drivers. Are all martial arts students destined to grow up and have useless blue collar work <laughs> jobs? And then just on, on the mean, inside, they're amazing Shang- martial I mean, arts masters. Sh- Shang-Chi <laughs> was hiding. So I, I, don't think, I don't think Miyagi was hiding. He was just, uh, oh. I, think, I think he was just bored. But... Uh, all no, right, Miyagi's the best. Gonna, I, I think one gonna, thing that aged, 
we're talking at the same Go. time. I think one thing that aged, one thing that we didn't understand that aged really well is Mr. Miyagi like meditating in front of his wife's like tomb, and I loved. So yeah. he's like, so the so Daniel walks in and he sees Miyagi there, and he's just shrine, <laughs> shrine, shit. <laughs> sorry, fuck, Dave. Where's that, Dave? You're being too kind to us this episode. <laughs> I didn't even hit the buzzer when you hung yourself, but her dead <laughs> <Yeah>. skeleton. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> on the shrine, he's like meditating. And Daniel walks in. <laughs> and Daniel walks in, and he's like. And he's like, he's right there, and he's like, oh, okay. And I, th- I was like, taking the time. That's that's something that aged, I think, really, really, really well. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But also, there's the Again, way that the backstory unfolded. Thing. Even though there's such a there's such a thing from theater where the 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 monologue that explains your backstory. We talked about this with um with um Ma Rainey's Black Bottom this past, Ma where Rainey, every character yeah. every character had a monologue that was their backstory. But his backstory, he's from Okinawa, which was um. I guess I think now it's a part of Japan, but at the time it wasn't. It, I mean, it, it sort of was. It, it's, it's a southern, like an island off the yeah. coast. Yeah, like but I think during World War II, so. it wasn't because he fought for the Americans. They, they, well, they consider themselves separate. Yes. So he actually fought on behalf of the Americans, and he essentially is saying like some American dream, you know, like look at me now, like I fought for the Americans, and then I, I, I as, as well, we all I, know, I think he there's... fought for the Americans because they put him in a fucking intern camp. To be honest, like, yeah, I don't think he had a choice. The yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. And and then his wife passes away. And so essentially he's he doesn't have a family. So Daniel becomes his family. So there's that it's it becomes this rich thing, but they do such a good job of they they don't introduce that until after he's already beat the shit out of those other kids. So if you're but if you look at this but from the, the point of view those, of the, just, just saying those kids fucking had it coming, but yeah. Right. So if if you think about this in terms of the sandlot, which will come eight years later, and I'm sure it was greatly inspired. This this was the eighties is where the franchises took off. They're like, Oh yeah, Star Wars the Godfather. You could just make a million of these and just keep making money. Um the One sandlot comes worked. up and and so you have James Earl Jones who explains to the kids about the Negro Leagues and about the history of the game that they didn't know outside of Babe Ruth and some of the other big Yankees and stuff. And in this, it was like um, it just, uh, it just, he, he was able to, by beating the shit out of the kids, you, you're obsessed with this guy now. And you're like, I want to be like, I want to figure out why is he so good at karate? And it's like, he doesn't necessarily want to be good at karate. He had to be good at, you know, like it's, this is, it's more than just being mm-hmm. able to fight. There's like a bigger journey yeah. that he's on. And the way that they unravel that in this movie is it's really well done. <laughs> it's really well right. done. I'm gonna. I'm telling you, I, it's I because it's we, not. Sorry, Dave. I, I just don't Dave, think Dave, you can talk later. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. No, no, get in here, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a self no, buzz. Finish, I'm gonna shut finish, the fuck up. Finish. No, finish. Finish your thought because I'm gonna take us in a different direction after. Okay. This. It was because we it, need it, to discuss the controversy. Okay. Yeah, it was basically just that I don't think any of that could have been achieved without the relationships. It's just so obviously you think from a distance. Everything nowadays, I think they're afraid to make movies like this nowadays. If we don't have four action sequences in a movie called Karate Kid, no one's going to come see it. That's not the, That's not why this movie's so good. You know, it's, it's just, yeah. it's not. I mean, it's the there emotional is a, there scene is a, work. Like, have you seen the remake of this movie? Bad. Uh, Didn't no, work the as one well. The, Did uh, not work Jaden as well. Smith? Jaden Smith, yeah, yeah. I tried watching it. It was just, it was it was him showing off how much he could stretch and everything else was, was tough. I did feel like it was a lot of stretchy <laughs> shots in the, look at look at that stretch in the trailer. I remember thinking like, wow, he's really flexible. Is that what this movie's about? Dave, hit it. <laughs> All right. We, we, I mean, we couldn't talk about The Karate Kid unless we talk about the, the biggest argument that this movie inspired. Did Daniel cheat? Yeah. That crane move is technically illegal. 
he kicked him in the fucking face. In the face, dude. Like, really hard so, in the face. Like I thought he was supposed like to kick him in the chest. And they were like, no, nah, fucking li- kiss him in the liter- Literally, someone was just disqualified for excessive and deliberate contact. And then he pulls this, like, fucking move and kicks him in the face. And they're like, yeah, point, winner. It's interesting. He should have lost. I've heard two takes on this. And and it's, it's funny because, like... um. The, the guy who plays Johnny in this has actually done a sketch and a couple of other things where he, and even like you'll when you finally watch Cobra Kai, it kicks off with him saying he should have lost. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I watched Broadchurch and all of season two was essentially explaining how all of season one was poor police work. It's hard to explain if you haven't seen Broadchurch. But what I would say to that is there's two explanations. Number one. Would you recommend Broadchurch while we're here? Yeah, season one. I would, season okay, one. and i actually really cool. like if you love season so one watch it. season two but okay, it's cool. a lot of it is rehashing the first season all right now, okay. now back to the fact that daniel cheated now back to the fact that daniel cheated there's two things number one is that the refs were so surprised by it that they were like fuck it we hate cobra kai too and that was so surprising and the, the crowd which by the way the crowd was behind him by the way what local karate unaffiliated karate fight among teenagers brings 750 <laughs> people into a what the fuck? I went no. to high school basketball no. games with less people than that. This is a karate no. tournament. Why California is it so was boring in the eighties. Yeah, but people did Ventura, nothing. They didn't California. go to these. Like, they didn't sit there and say, oh, "What let's go, karate event yeah, can we, I go to?" What are we going to do today? Let's go watch these fuckers fight. I think they mostly yeah. were like, "Where can we smoke pot and do nothing?" I didn't think it was like, <laughs> "Guys, where can we go see a local bout?" But anyway, so there was that, and then the second thing is. Um, they say that the kick is indefensible, which nothing's indefensible, but um, because... They prove it's defensible later. Yeah, okay, yeah exactly. In the exactly. second movie. In the second movie, which I tried rewatching, and it was... Did you say <sighs> nothing is indefensible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a few examples. Uh, no. Sitting somewhere in the late 30s and early 40s. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I, meant, I meant, like... Physical like, combat moves. No karate right. moves in teenage. Okay, okay I got you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah dude. I should be very clear about Con- this. You're right. Like we said earlier, right. context counts. Context counts. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. also, okay. The the second thing is that um, because his leg wasn't wasn't fixed, uh, uh, the, everybody was focused on his arms because they assumed that he couldn't use his legs. So when he used his legs, it was such a surprise that he was able to. It, it wasn't like he did the move brilliantly. It was just like. He caught them off guard because they didn't expect him to use his legs. So this, yes, Dave, was the move illegal? Yeah, because he shouldn't have kicked him in the face. He should have kicked him in the he chest. He kicked him in the face. I know, I know. But again, I'll just I'm going with the surprise element where everybody was caught by surprise. Yeah, I I mean I'm hoping that the new season of Cobra Kai has a rematch because I want to oh, see wow. that. Yeah, I think he definitely did cheat. I just think it's one of those examples that so many of these '80s movies tried to. Uh, tried to teach is that uh if you're the little guy it's okay to knock out the big person like the rules are kind of one-sided a little bit and uh it's only because everybody in the audience and everybody in that theater uh, or in that uh martial arts competition wanted him to kick that guy in the face <laughs> yes okay so <laughs> I, I just i just want to point it out like okay Je- but Jeff's it was coming agreements i i'm on this side and john's on this side so we're we're officially saying that Johnny should have won the tournament. Uh, uh, yeah. Which ironically is the way the script was originally written. Well, the, oh, the yeah. first guy, they, the first guy they wanted to contact, like contacted to write the script, wanted him to lose. Because it's a Rocky. It was Rocky. 
It's they were Rocky, trying yeah. to literally recreate yeah. Rocky for fucking teenage martial arts, but it went the distance. But, uh, you know what? but yeah, like so we're gonna yeah we're gonna say it that uh, yeah Johnny think, Johnny should have won. Do you think that they did a take where he kicked him in the chest and they were like, "Gosh, it's not cool enough. It just does. It's just not landing. It just no, doesn't look I don't like." Think, it I would... think they always kicked him in the face. <laughs> Something was it this movie where? By that, by that, I'm not saying he didn't have it coming, but it's an illegal move, and he should have won. Something. Wait. <laughs> Yeah. Was it this movie? Something was happening where the crowd was going so insane. The actual crowd of extras was going so insane during this that they, I want to go. I, I really think they wanted to film a second, like a separate ending. Um, And the crowd was going so wild that they were like, well, this is it. This is, this is how it is. I mean, because the crowd really went insane. The crowd really went crazy. Mm. In fact, uh, apparently they, they let the, the cast bring their family to be extras in the movie. And Johnny's mom well, was trying like to explain to everybody that Johnny's not so bad because all of these extras were yelling like against the sun. Yeah, there were actually 500 extras. They actually did yeah. this back in the day. Um, so, Dave, you, you might be right. No digital you, people there. <laughs> They really filled up the fucking gym for this movie. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, you can actually buy a stadium full of people now online. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I mean, That's a thing now. Yeah. You can buy a stadium full of people. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, he fucking cheated and no one cares. No one cares. Also, the tournament <laughs> came in. I haven't seen any Trust, I'm calling it. Cobra Kai is going to be a rematch. Do you think Daniel should have done a little bit more prep for his yet. fights? <laughs> no, hmm? I haven't seen either. Did you watch it, Dave? What? Cobra Kai? Yeah. Cobra Kai? I'm in season one at the moment. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's, it? I know it's, it's got hell. a it's, big it's, following. It's good and funny. And yeah, it, it definitely, like, that would be my recommendation for the end of the episode. Which are we, are we at? Are we, are we done talking I think, about? I think hey, I want to mention one more thing. You know what this movie made way for, which I'm so thankful for? Somehow I didn't see Karate Kid when I was a kid, but I did see all three of the Three Ninjas movies. Yeah, me too. And me I don't too. Think, <laughs> I don't think they would have existed <laughs> me too. without uh, Karate Kid. So I was so I thankful for that. Exactly, there were a few like loose. I've seen Do you remember exactly that in a zero Surf Ninja? Of the three Ninjas I, movies. I watched Surf Ninjas. I watched Surf Beverly Ninja? Hills Ninjas. Yeah. I watched all of them. All yeah. of that shit, dude. I don't think any of it would have existed without them. So, I mean, this opened up a whole thing. 100%. Do kids still take karate? Do, karate? Yeah. Do, do, is yeah. that how we're supposed yeah, to pronounce yeah. it? Well, now with, <laughs> M- now with MMA, it's and, and MMA is there is a push for more self-defense styles, not just like, you know, bash them up and stuff. I think I think yeah. there's actually another resurgence, yeah. Um, because I, of Cobra One other thing I do want to move, like, <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I do want to put forward again before we leave, uh, yeah. you're the best. You're the best. I I hope those guys are fucking like that. I hope they made a million dollars <laughs> off that because it's the most yeah. earwormy fucking song ever. It is, and I, it's funny because uh, Ryan, who we have on here occasionally uh, to co-host, we did a short film um, years ago about uh, it was it was a very weird film about a girl who was trying to jo- win a radio competition and she got a guy to, uh, this guy to train her and we did a training montage. And we wanted you're the best, but we could not fucking afford it. Right. So he went Aww. and got someone to record something that sounded sort of like it. Sure. And we used that instead. Usually. But it was it was, it was supposed to be you're the best in there. <laughs> not a lot of the songs are uh, memorable. There are a lot of because for an '80s movie, you know, Dirty mm. Dancing, you know every single song in the movie, you know. 
not all of them, but you're the best, obviously, is is the takeaway from this. Yeah, that's how good this movie is. It doesn't need the iconic Katie. I want to say one more thing. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, in his words of wisdom that he says, he he essentially tells Danielson to go ahead and, and start sleeping with a lot of people. Because Danielson's with him and not at the school dance before Mr. Miyagi. I don't know if you know this. He's actually what? a uh, he makes costumes for local community theaters, and uh, he made the shower costume in about fifteen minutes. Um, I've seen the shower costume in real life, by the way. That's true. But anyway, he says when Daniel's like, "I have you. Why do I need to go to the school dance?" And Mr. Miyagi says, "To make honey, young bee need young flower." That sounds a lot like you got to get out there, dude. You got to get in the ring and make some honey. You know what I mean? That's good advice, man. That's good advice. It's, it is take good yourself advice. seriously. Take yeah. your sex seriously, dude. You're no, gonna no sausage fest. <laughs> no sausage fest. Make some money. You're All right, always going to have Elizabeth's shoes paying attention to you when you don't fucking deserve it. After Top Gun, everybody was like, right, Ralph Macchio had no chance. <laughs> was it Top Gun? Wait. <laughs> cocktail. You're talking about a cocktail. At your co- the other Tom, the other Tom Cruise movie, yeah, yeah. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! Sorry. Well, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad Jeff, you finally yeah. watched. Should you should you have seen it by now, dude? Let's ask the question. Of course, I should have seen it by now. I pretended like I had, but I knew I should have actually sat down and done it. Think so? Do you feel like you? Yeah. How much do you feel like? Do you feel like you gained a bunch you know, of experience, or do you feel like I'm, this I'm really happy exactly I watched what you it? Thought it was going to be no. It was better. You know than, the it was weird than thing that happened today. Nice. I like I I started it and I I pulled it up on Netflix and there was like Karate Kid two, and Karate Kid three and the next Karate Kid and I'm like hang on, what the fuck is Karate Kid three? Have I seen that? <laughs> I um, don't know. There is a third one. Yeah. Is it them? Who is it? It's it's yeah yeah. And apparently the the head of the dojo comes back, and tries to oh, fuck Jesus. with them and sure. puts a wedge in between Miyagi and Daniel and uh, oh, like I don't I don't know if I've seen that. I the can't reviews remember. are not I, great. I remember the I remember the second I think you one. Need the to second see one it, was dude. okay. But I don't like, know if you need to they see had it. the drums and shit. <laughs> yeah, like, I people <laughs> they're very curious. I'm not sure. I'm just I just hope that they got paid. I hope they got paid. Um all right, it is that time of our episode where we give you some recommendations for the week with A, what you've been watching. Dave, you just moved. You haven't been seeing a lot, but do you want to recommend anything besides Cobra I will Kai season I still recommend Cobra Kai, yeah. yeah. Go for it. <laughs> nice. Do it. Nice. Like, it's, on Netflix. Yeah. It's, it's about to get epic, apparently. <laughs> awesome, Dave. Because I'm calling it, there's going to be a rematch. People fucking loved it. That's uh, good, man. People fucking loved it. It's going to be a rematch because that motherfucker cheated. <laughs> Jenna? I am going to make, uh, and I'm probably going to start doing this more often because uh, I'm in grad school for for film and stuff here, and I don't have the same time on my hands to watch a bunch of feature films, but I'm watching a lot more short films, uh, and they are really excellent, and they're harmless. They're usually less than 10 minutes, so I'm going to recommend two. In terms of like commitment and time, I'm not asking you to watch 13 hours of a series. These are yeah. you know minutes long. Yeah. yeah, there's this really excellent one that I saw. It's a documentary by Sean Wang called 3,000 Miles." Very emotional, very powerful. It's available on Vimeo and YouTube, I believe. And another also very powerful one called "Laps," L-A-P-S, and that uh, is by a woman named Charlotte Wells. Uh, also, I believe, available on Vimeo and YouTube. Both of them are five, six minutes long. If you feel like checking out and having a nice little journey, those are really, really excellent. Nice. How are you, Jeff? I rewatched The Hidden Fortress this past week because oh, I have that criterion. Nice, I was like, I, dude. Kurosawa. I was, like, I was looking up Kurosawa for some reason. I just was in the mood for something epic. And I was I was like, do I dude, want to read his epics? autobiography right now? Well, Fortress is considered a, what are they, what are they, what is the words that, it's like a minor epic or it's like a, 
It's like, no, I think I think the word is epic, epic. Well, yeah, yeah, but but it's not it's not Ron or Seven Samurai, so it's like a smaller scale epic. It's also comedic because this is after he became famous with Seven Samurai and Rashomon. So, and I know you guys know this, but it's like it, it's no, sort no, of definitely. Star Wars. Star Wars took a lot of plot, obviously, from it. It's one of those movies that I saw with mm. actually watched it with John. We used to live together, the three yeah. of us. I watched it with John, and Dave walked in and went Hidden Fortress like a second he walked in. And we were like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of if if you like the original plot of Star Wars, it's very 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 similar. But it's comedic. Yeah, it was like Ace Ventura. It was, I'm like, come to be Jungle Friends. It was, uh, it was so so good. I really didn't even know if I would make it through the whole thing. I just needed a little bit of it, and, and I watched the whole thing. So Hidden and you Fortress. made it through the whole thing because it's just so damn good. It's yeah. so damn good yeah it's the two it's like rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead it's essentially if r2d2 and c3po just stayed the leads of the movie because they clearly oh good call dude yeah yeah, yeah. they i mean they were what you watch what criterion 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 channel well because i thought i thought what they took was the the princess in hiding that they were smuggling i thought i thought that's the star wars that the plot but actually coppola was like no it's it's r2d2 and c3po are the ones Hmm. that bring everybody together so i was like what if we hang every single fucking film yeah so it was anyway hidden fortress kurosawa man nice watch really Excellent. fucking random but i'm glad i did that anyway um oh, great there's that's, always time for kurosawa that's good thank yeah. you thank you all so much for sticking with us for this i'm really glad i seen this by now i hope you have seen it recently or if not it's on netflix karate kid see you next time film <gasps> daniel cheated <laughs>